0: May not be that smart and they may not be that
1: pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the Ninny, and with views from the Ninny, and not shoes from the Ninny, and the view from the Ninia. Welcome to the first View from the Ninny of the new season. We haven't had much of a pre-season after just six weeks since our last game. We've already had an international break. A Carabao Cup game and now the first league game is just a few days away. Today we look forward and backward, upward and forward and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards the new season. And joining me as always are the other Ben, Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Uh, Ben, how are you doing? I'm really good, mate. Thank you very much. Tom Phillips, you're back in West Wales. How's How's it down there? How's it looking?
2: Yeah, it hasn't changed in 30 years still. So yeah, in a good mood, ready for the pod.
1: I hear they've just got podcasts down there in the last couple of weeks.
2: I've been out with a sandwich board spread in the word, um, <laughs> yeah, the good word. <laughs> so, yeah, see, so, so, um, we might have a couple of extra listeners, hopefully.
1: Oh, excellent! Well, we we welcome our West Whalian brethren, um, and I suppose there's there's no better way to start really than you know a new a new podcast. Looking forward to the new season, and we we've got a drubbing to talk about. Ben we lost yesterday to Northampton in the Carabao Cup three nil. Um, any anything else to say other than it was an absolute drubbing? Oh, we're back in style, aren't we? That optimism, that hope, that wonder of a new season, gone after 60 minutes. Extinguished.
0: Fucking superb.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... The, the, the obvious question is, was it worth the £10 that I, I, I presume you both paid for the stream? Or Ben, you might have got yours with your season ticket. I don't know what the, the, the rules were. Was it worth the £10 that you paid to stream it? Ben, I assume you paid to stream it. That's a shake of a head.
0: I paid £10 to watch Sol Bamba act like a geriatric fucking with dementia. <laughs> um, it was just horrific. And yeah, 10 quid. for the Arab Cup game bad enough. It, but to watch the stream get battered by Northampton...
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel aggrieved on your behalf that you paid ten pounds for it, Tom. Do you do you agree with that summation?
2: Yeah, that was ten pound. I'll never get back. I just I try I try to convince um my partner like let's not go out. I want to watch the Cardiff game. It'll be worth it, you know. Beginning of the new season. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well. To be honest, with you. I wish I'd gone out and just ignored <laughs> if the game had ever happened.
1: Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's get stuck into the analysis. I think the big talking point was that we, we tried five at the back and Benefactor on Twitter has said, three centre-backs, viable solution to keep with it or dreadful experiment and lose it. My perspective is I'm glad we tried it in a competitive game, but Ben, I suppose it's the second time we've tried it and the second time it hasn't worked, right?
0: Yeah, we're just not very good at it. Um, we have, as much as we like to think we've got the team to do it, we think Bennett and... Um, Jordy Tutu are players that can get up and down and sort of fill that system. Uh, It just doesn't work. We haven't got the ball-playing centre-backs that work for it. Nelson's probably the only one that can really work with the ball. Sol used to be able to, but I think we'll come on to that in a bit. (laughs) It's just not a system that does it for us. Paul Trollope tried it. It was a disaster. We tried it at QPR a while back, got battered 5-1. We've tried it again and we've got 6-1. Sorry.
1: Don't give him any credit for that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was worse than I thought. Uh, and then yeah, we try it against Northampton and get battered three nil. Um, it was worked. The weird thing is, it worked all right against Cheltenham. Uh, mm. I caught the I caught the first half um, on my lunch break on Tuesday, and it wasn't that bad. Sort of played well. I know it's a poor opposition. It wasn't a competitive game, but I don't know what went wrong. Like Cheltenham and Northampton set up in very similar ways, played very similar styles. It was just that little bit of extra quality undone us massively.
1: And um, Tom, do you, you know? Well, do you have anything else to add on that? Are you glad we tried it in a, a essentially a glorified preseason friendly, as it, it turned out yesterday, or would you would you want to see it again?
2: I don't think I want to see it again, no. Um, but it did have that pre-season feel, and I think... I don't think we're going to be too gutted about it, are we? Like, this Carbo Cup, it's you know, less midweek games going forward. Um, it Yes, yeah, an experiment that hasn't worked. But I think the key thing is, it didn't work... Against Northampton, and it didn't work against QPR, and I think that is because of just a couple of players in that team. I think it didn't work with Bamba there now, and it's it's hard to say because, you know, he was such a hero for us, but I think his his best days are gone, aren't they? And you know, you you swap in say Rolls into that team, you you get another centre back in that system, and perhaps it does work because I think the best players on the pitchers were arguably Murphy. He didn't mm-hmm. do a lot. But he did more than other people. Like he, there was flashes, you know. I think Geordie um, as well. Yes, he was sloppy for the pen, but I think he got forward a little bit. He, he looked all right defensively, largely. So, you know, bringing those wide players into it, it could work. It's just you can't do it with someone whose legs are gone, like Bamba in that system.
1: Well, we'll come on to Bamba next. But uh, benefactor, obviously, he. he... He tweeted at us as well and said that considering how condensed these fixtures are going to be this year, do you think that getting dumped out of this early, dumped out of the League Cup this early, is going to be ultimately a good thing with less needless fixtures? And I think you know it's it's losers' prerogative, isn't it? I think if we'd be if we'd won, we'd have been like brilliant. We're onto a great start for the new season, but because we lost, we can write it off. But Ben, do you agree? Do you think one less cup competition is going to be good for the the league tilt? It's hard to say, isn't
0: it? What I will say is, last time we lost off Hampton in the League Cup, we went on to win the league. So we've got that going for us. Mm-hmm. On the other side, um, we could have probably done with the games to get a few players that haven't played much football a decent run. Um, it also never is good to lose to a lower league side. And especially now without 3 0 and no goals. <laughs> it was just
2: Yeah. We had chances, it's fine. You know, Glatzel missed the free header. You know, we had we had flashes. Let's look at the positive, should we?
0: The only you know, flash we had was off Glatzel's
1: hair.
2: Yeah, Smith, I have to say this, it's not really a positive Smithies had a good game.
1: We well, Smith, Smith, Smithies was mad at a match going to Wales Online. Yeah, It could have been five, he pulled off two yeah. really good safes. Yeah. Well I was going to say, I, I watched the highlights, the, uh, the condensed two and a half minute highlights on the Cardiff City YouTube channel and we had one chance that they showed and I think if that's the club highlight channel showing that we only had one chance, it must have been a pretty bad game. Um, we've, we've touched on it already and I've written in the running order here uh, the end of Bamber um, I mean it's quite a dramatic thing to say Ben but he hasn't looked his best for a long time has he?
0: He's just never come back from that injury has he? Mm. At that age a serious crucial injury like that was someone that always sort of relied on his spring and sort of that initial burst he was never quick but to lose half of the yard when you're not that quick really really does show mm-hmm. and I absolutely adore Sol like yeah one of my favorite players just the character just everything about him i love him but it pains me to see him playing like this at the moment and like it's not a case of oh he's just come back from this injury he's getting back to fitness like he's it's been 12 months he's been back yeah. in the squad um and he's not hit that side hit that stride again okay he's not playing week in week out but he doesn't deserve to play week in week out because at the moment and i don't think he will get
1: back to the player that is good enough to play regularly in the championship side Tom, you've been nodding, shaking your head along along there. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, it's sad to see. And I hope it doesn't kind of tarnish his reputation. I think this might be one of the last times we see him on the pitch of the card in the Cardiff shift. You know, we've got a 20-goal a, a season scoring centre-half for Flint, as you've seen pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, it is a pity, a pity to see it. But, yeah, his days are numbered, really. Like, he's obviously a good... Um, good person, has a rant, not he? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what he's going to be there for now, which is sad, but you know, it's, 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 that's how it is.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately, if you, I, you know, watching the highlights and watching back, that I mean, you could, you could argue, you could argue that he was at fault for all three goals, right? The first one, he let the guy turn when he shouldn't have. The second one, he was too late bringing up the back line, and uh, the guy tried to play him offside, and he was playing him onside. And the, the third goal as well, he just didn't get anywhere near the guy who laid it off to the guy who, who eventually scored the goal. So yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think. I'd love to see him transition to be a coach. I think he's been doing work with the under-23s and I think he's got a year left on his contract and I think having him around the dressing room for this year could be vital. But yeah, I, I, don't, I wouldn't trust him on the football pitch anymore. Um, and I guess, you know, the, the, the final thing to say on Northampton is I don't want to labour the point on a, on a 3-0 loss really is, you know, we've, we've got people like Moore and Volks coming back in next week. I mean, it was quite a strong team, Ben. What are the main changes that you would make from the from yesterday's uh, team?
0: Um, the formation. Um, personnel other than Smithies all have like there's not really too, Murphy like you said probably the only other player that really could stake st- a place for starting mm-hmm. and say they deserve to start based off that performance um, yeah but you see from Harris's reaction at full time sort of the interview he gave he won't stand for being out for and outplayed. played um, yeah. so I think it's a kick up the arse to all those players and it's good that it's happened now in like a competition first round rather than getting us off to a poor start because he saw how long it took us to recover in the league from a poor start. This way, we sort of got a bit of a kick at the arse and get going. But yeah, I think uh, Volk's uh, more come straight back into the side and uh, we go to the trusted 4-5-1. Four, uh, four, Tom?
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought Bennett had an alright game. I think he, he was soft when he went down. They they nearly scored from him like being a little bit soft on the, on the, by- mm-hmm. and the touch on at one point. But I think I think he had a decent game.
1: He's I, solid, I, isn't he, Bennett? He's solid. You know what you get yeah, with
2: him. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought Jordy had a good game as well out there. Um, on the whole, and it, like you know, he's going to be a little bit rusty as well, just joining with the squad and stuff. But yeah, Moore's going to walk into that as long as he's not absolutely shattered. You know, yeah. he's going to walk into that. Um, but yeah, like you said, the formation we can't stick with that going forward. I think, I think Wednesday are likely to play with five at the back, looking at the way they've yeah, played they play, so yeah. far. So. um It'd be interesting, interesting to see how we try and counteract that if we do try and match up, but I, I just can't see us trying that 5 back again.
1: Well, we'll come to a more kind of detailed Wednesday preview towards the end. But I think one of the positives we can take from yesterday is the the inclusion and actually some game time, then for a couple of the younger players. Was it was it Sang who came off the bench and Harris singled him out in the pre, in the post match? He looked good, to be fair, uh, comfortable on ball, made some nice
0: passes. Was drifting like drafting at a really shit time. Mm-hmm. So if you come on 3-0 down it's never a good thing but yeah he looked alright, looked solid looked comfortable on the ball like came, came to the ball wasn't afraid to get on it um, yeah he looks promising hopefully yes it's one of the few players that makes a breakthrough season um, I can't decide if it's a blessing or a curse that Mark Harris wasn't involved because um, it was just one of those games for Glatzel it wasn't happening for him and we needed yeah. to make a change um, obviously we had Aidan Flint on the bench uh, should have put team. him up front yeah yeah, but, um, someone like Mark Harris getting a run out
1: there would have been quite nice. But I um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, those I think the the international break obviously it's 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 going to be a weird season. But they, I, I think they should have done something with the international break and the Carabao Cup because I think you know Harris has said we were left with quite a bare squad and and like you say, Harris I think is impressed in pre season. You know, he linked up quite nicely with more for the goal against Newport, and I think he probably would have got game time yesterday, which is a shame. But um, you know. It, 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 what shall be shall be. And, and while we are looking backwards, I think it's time to introduce a new feature for the season. Um, former player watch, and there was some surprising news concerning, concerning a former Bluebird in the past week as Rhys Healy, um, the much maligned former Cardiff City striker, left MK Dons to join French League Two side Toulouse. And I guess you could say that neither side has anything to lose with this oh, transfer. Mate, T- to lose. To lose. Tom. Coming over to you on this one, Rhys Healy, did you expect to see him making the move over to, you know, a relatively big name in the French football scene?
2: I think like, uh, no, no, obviously not. No, I didn't see him (laughs) going to Toulouse. I'm not going to try and blag that one. Um, You know, he's had a decent record with like MK Dons, you know, 11 Mm -hmm. goals in like 19 games. He's not a bad striker. And you know, he he was doing well in what was a pretty like average team as well. So, you know, it's a good move for him. I'd I'd love him to do well. Like, I, I don't think it's one of those ones where you see him go to another team, and you get we didn't keep him or anything like that. I think it's just it'd be nice to see one of our former players who didn't quite hit it off with us do well elsewhere.
1: Yeah, Ben, did we? we did you think that Reece Sealy would ever be doing something like this, or would you know had you written him off completely?
0: Well, I think my response I, when I messaged you boys in the chat when I found I was working that day, sort of avoided Twitter, didn't really see what had happened. Messaged you boys, what the fuck and how the fuck has that happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of, you know those sort of you're playing FIFA and you sort of you're bored. You can't be asked to play another game. You're just flicking through like the transfers that have happened during the transfer window, and you see like Di Maria's gone to uh, De Maria's gone to Everton or something really random. Yeah, and then you see that it's sort of it would make sense in FIFA or Football Manager, but just out of the blue or out of the purple for Toulouse, just a surreal one, a hell of a deal for him. His agent deserves a medal. Like it's yeah. a great transfer.
1: Well, I think I think you know. You say you say it's out the blue, but I think I, I I for for some reason over the last few weeks I've read a little bit about the the Moneyball team who are behind what Toulouse are doing. It's one of those project teams, basically, where I think it's Redbird Capital have gone in to revolutionise the way they do things, and they're they're fully subscribed to the Moneyball ethos, and that's basically buying overperforming players from underperforming teams in under in, in slightly lesser leagues than the league they're in. And I think that's where it's come from, really. And I think. Reece Lee's obviously had a, a good couple of seasons at MK Dons. I think I just looked it up. He's got 19 in about um, 36 games um, for, for MK Dons, which is obviously a very good scoring record at, at League One, League Two kind of level. Um, and he, he's been he given an opportunity to go to Toulouse. And I think, um, you know, like you say, his agent's probably getting a good cut of the deal. And we might see him back. You know, it's it's the kind of thing, really, where they take players in and, and, and they try and turn them over to go to, to Premier League teams. If you look at what Brentford and stuff have done, they've had people like uh, Ben Rama. They were all money ball signings. And I think... It, it, it could catapult him to the next big thing. And I guess the the, the final question on the Reese Healy conundrum is um, you know, we were all there at the Fulham game where he was he was brought on as almost like a scapegoat Tom. Um I mean do you do you think he was harshly treated at car? Do you think he should have been given more of a chance at the club? I'm
2: not sure I got that far that that he was harshly treated. I just it just it just was never right for him was it and that was that was a horrible time to bring him on. Like just hmm. you just knew the fans were gonna groan. I'd be mean, like, "What yeah. the hell are you doing here?" Like, we needed a result, and this, and he became kind of almost like a laughing stock thing because of that, and no, through no fault of his own. And yeah. I, I, felt, I don't think that was. I think that was harsh, but I think the rest of the time, I just don't think he did enough while he was with us to kind of really warrant a place. Really,
1: Ben, do you agree? No,
0: I don't. I th- think he was like argue uh, with injuries. You forget when he came when he broke through um, in what, in that first. Spell with one, um, was it Rotherham? He ruptures crucia. He just scored a goal yeah, against Brentford the game before, got his first start and ruptures And before that, he was looking sharp, he was looking like the first player we've had in a long time that could regularly score goals, was getting into those positions for the tap-ins. Yeah, um, and it took him a while to get back from it. A young lad, serious injury, um, and then we get promoted. <laughs> um, he, he's he's ne- he was never going to be ready to play Premier League football. No,
1: um,
0: it was just one of those. Bad timing, things that if we were in the championship, we'd probably got a few more goals and got a better run. It was just, I think he was just sold under, like thrown under the bus a bit by Warnock, who just clearly didn't want to put. Um, I, on. I
1: I feel I feel I feel feel what you're saying with that little bit at the end. I'm looking at his record at other clubs. I mean, uh, at Newport he got six in seventeen. Torquay six in eight. Milton Keynes, he's we've talked about his record already. Previously at Connor's Key, he was getting twelve in nineteen. It's. He just never scored goals when he was at Cardiff but I think you know he's got a, a good opportunity now so um, I mean all, all the best to re I think on that front and then if we use that as a segue to get to our own transfer dealings God this is like seamless this new running order it's Unbelievable Unbelievable. It. Yeah it's like we've been doing <laughs> this for a while um, Let's talk about transfers right We've Obviously, we've got a little bit left in the transfer window. I can't remember when the Championship one closes at the same time as the Premier League, but I think it's to the start of October potentially. Um, you know, we've talked about doing business, and I think Harris has talked about basically getting to a point where it's one in, one out at the moment. We've signed Geordie and, and Kiefer Moore. Um, we've got a, another signing due imminently, apparently. Um, Tom, what would you rate our business so far? Do you think he's done well? Do you think what he's done, what he's needed to do?
2: I think it's decent. I, I don't think. It, I think the Moore signing. As a w as a big Wales fan as well, I'm getting overexcited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, part of me is thinking, ah, oh, here we go, 25 goals for Kiefer Moore this season. And um, you know, against Northampton, it looked like we were playing to Kiefer Moore's strength though than being there. <laughs> we yeah. just kind of like lumping balls forward and stuff. So I uh, you know, I, I, I I'm I think that's good business. I mean we needed someone a right back desperately, um like a full back. So you can't moan about the Geordie business. And I think, you know. He showed flashes of, like, bit of pace. He's not scared to get forward. He's, uh, he's not scared to put the hard graft in working back as well. So, I think that could turn out to be a decent signing. Like, hopefully a couple more come through the door as well. But, yeah, decent business so far.
1: Ben, what do you make of the Kiefer Moore signing? I think you're wearing a whale shirt now. I presume you have Kiefer Moore on the back.
0: Uh, no, it's Joe Ledley on the back of this one.
1: Oh. Well, you don't get to say anything then about Kiefer Moore.
0: No. I love Kiefer Moore. The more I see him, the more I get excited by him. Generally, I think he's going to do absolute wonders for us. Do you think he's um, going to do bits, as they say?
1: Bits. Absolute limbs. He's going to cause <laughs> scenes. Announce <laughs> Premier, Premier League. League. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, you know, we, we talk about Geordie. Do you think we need to sign another right back? You know, we're still a bit short at right back. There's still talk of Dion Sanderson. I don't think Sanderson's the right one. I think we need a bit more of an experienced right back. I think we
0: need just a bit of cover that's not that's going to be all right to sit on the bench and sort of not play every game, but sort of has that experience and sort of can teach um, Geordie a bit more.
1: Would um, you find Lee Peltier back?
0: No, I was going to say I'd go
1: back for Gunter. I've waited for that. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there is some debate over, over Chrissie Gunter, right? I mean, l- l- presume you're both in the bring-back-Gunter
2: corner? No, we've asked this before. I kinda of just don't want to spoil his reputation, kind of I don't want him to be a complete flop. Like I'd rather not know.
0: Get
1: You'd rather him. not know. And and Ben, you want to know.
0: I, I it's not a case of wanting to know. I think it's a case of just having someone with like good experience there. And I think he's the perfect man for that. Knows the club, knows the fans' expectations. But it's whether yeah. he's gonna be willing not to play. He's gonna come in being told, Look, you're not first choice right back. You're here as cover and you'll get the odd game every now and again. It's whether he'll want that because obviously he's still chasing that magical hundred caps and he isn't going to get that. Arguably, he's going to struggle to get it now anyway, but it's going to be even harder if he sat on the bench at Cardiff. But for me, someone like Chris Gunter experienced um, in the championships, the perfect sort of cover for an inexperienced right back like Geordie.
1: Interesting. Do you agree with that assessment, Tom? Does that change your opinion of things?
2: No, it's got to do like the knowing the fans' expectations. I think mm-hmm. that'll me off coming. in. <laughs> <laughs> like I've met our father. Why are we
1: signed Messi Why are we yeah. saying Messi? <laughs>
2: yeah. But nah, it wouldn't be a bad obviously it wouldn't be a bad signing to have him there. Like he's dependable, he'll come on, he'll do a job as well. So I wouldn't be disappointed if it happened, but I think I wouldn't he wouldn't be my first choice. Don't ask me who my first choice is because I don't know.
1: But uh, I don't think he'd be it. Yeah, I I mean it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I think <laughs> I, I agree with the, the, the bringing in the more experienced player. I mean, it, it feels like we let Lee Peltier go a bit too soon in that front because I think he'd be the ideal candidate, right? He's coming towards the end of his career. He's solid. He knows the club as well. He's been there for a long time and he could have helped work with someone. But um, I mean, I, I think it's almost like a question is it Peltier or Gunter? I think I'd probably go for Gunter just for the sentimentality
0: of the Peltier's whole thing. laughing anyway, let's face it. Out of that whole transfer deal in Peltier was the winner. Didn't play a single yeah. minute, made the bench twice and got a promotion bonus lovely yeah. bit to work if you can get it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not bad, is it? Um, I mean, and, and obviously, we've got to talk about the business that we've done so far as well in terms of outgoing. So, obviously, Danny Ward leave, um, and I think Etheridge is basically going to be going very soon. What do you make of that, Tom? Do you think Etheridge for about a million quid is good business or bad business at this stage?
2: It's a pity, uh, considering the numbers that were touted before with him moving mm-hmm. on, wasn't it? Like, he could have gone for a lot more. But, you know, again, any money from now, we, we, he's kind of surplus the requirements really which I wouldn't have thought we'd be saying but you know no. Smithy's has stepped up in such a big way like arguably our player of the season last year and I, you know Day isn't a bad kind of reserve to have you know he's a decent keeper obviously he hasn't had much of a run of games and stuff but you know if you get money for average a million does seem a bit disappointing doesn't it to be honest but
1: was it seven, eight million pounds that was bandied around either the and year got, we went up? I or think last... West
0: Ham were quoted about uh, between five and six when they in January. Mm,
1: yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's a bit of a come down, isn't it, Ben?
0: It is, but you sort of think the club he's going to is bit like if if it, the rumours to be believed, it's Birmingham. Um, yeah, yeah. he's got a year left on his contract. He's not, He's on a decent wage. Birmingham barely have a pot to piss in if we get a million quid from Birmingham they're going to be happy we're happy because we've got the wage off there it sort of frees up more space and um, it makes sense it's a disappointing fee when you first look at it but if you think screwed screw into the details of it it makes a lot of sense for the club
1: yeah I agree with you and I think you know Etheridge is at the stage of his career obviously with with being the Philippines number one that he'll he'll need to play um, so I think yeah I think it, it benefits all parties what's that laugh for Tom nothing
2: it wasn't laughing sorry <laughs>
1: Making me feel self-conscious there, um, and uh, obviously the, the 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 news from the press conference yesterday was that um, we we've got a new player coming in tomorrow Monday. Um, the the, the rumours going around are that Yojo from uh, Liverpool or it's uh, Jovetsun from Derby. Both seem to be wingers. I mean, Ben, do you know anything about either player? Uh,
0: I don't know. Paul Joyce literally twelve minutes ago has tweeted. Uh, Liverpool winger Shea Ojo set to join Cardiff City on loan, so yeah, it looks like it looks like he's the man coming into the club. Um, his stats aren't phenomenal. Um, no,
1: I mean in the league last year it was 19 games, one goal, five assists. He got a couple. I think he got three goals and two assists in the Europa League qualifying as well. Not phenomenal, but not not necessarily bad at the same time. Yeah, England under
0: 21. Um, a while back, it's not a bad appointment. Uh, he's not going to get into the Liverpool squad. 23 is obviously going to want to play a bit of football, so um, I just don't think it's, it's a winger is the position we need. I, I think I'm guessing either he wants to bring Hoylett in as a number a cover at number ten, or Ojo's going in as number ten. Um, I'm really not sure. Um, sort of from what I've seen on Twitter before, though, sort of Rangers fans seem to rate and think he's a decent enough player. Mm-hmm. So I think it's yeah, it's not a bad not a bad transfer. It makes sense, doesn't it? Experience coming from a Premier League club, played with a lot of quality. If he's on loan there's not really a lot to lose Tom what do you make of it oh Joe
2: yeah, yeah it's not uh, another, it's oh not yes like or exception. oh
0: no for Ojo?
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'll go for an oh yes just about <laughs> um, you know yeah it's not one that's going to get everyone absolutely pumped but you know it, it, it's a decent sign in we're not going to sign someone who's going to bag us 30 goals like who's already scored 30 goals anything like that so you know it's an experienced head who's been around big clubs you know played under pressure and stuff, so yeah let's let's hope by giving a run of games with us he can you know get fire in
1: yeah and I, I think coming back to the, the the conversation we had earlier, I think you know we're we're looking at the center half position again, obviously we're talking about uh, as if bamber is you know not going to be getting anywhere near the team anymore that leaves just Aiden Flint as our backup striker and defender um ben do you do you think we need to sign a new center half do we think we need to look at Bringing in you know, we signed Denham in the youth. Do we need to bring someone up from the youth to cover?
0: I'd like to have seen Kieran Brown get a run. I really mm-hmm. would have. Um I really would like to see him in and around the first team and sort of make that breakthrough. I think he's won for us. I've said it, I said it last season, I still think it. Um so I'm guessing it's probably gonna be another loan. Um, which might be where Anderson comes in. I think a few people will see him sent, and maybe that's where he comes in as a bit of cover, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I think we need to strengthen. If Bamba's waning, then yeah. But the question is do the club seat is waning or are they just going to sort of keep him? He'll do for now and then we'll deal with it next year.
1: Yeah, do you think, Tom, it's one of those that we can kind of kick into January? Obviously, the, the priority of this was the the right back, sent, um, the centre forward, and maybe an attacking midfielder. Do you think a centre half can wait?
2: Possibly, yeah, because we've got numbers there. It may, may not have a quality. I say numbers, we've got enough to cover like a couple of injuries. If, if a couple come in, then we're, we're you know, We're a little bit short, but yeah, like you said, he's something to probably wait till January. And, you know, we've got Kiefer Moore could do the John Charles role, I reckon. Drop back in the centre-back, then play up front. You know, we've got options.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like the reverse Aidan Flint, isn't it? Centre-back to (laughs) centre-forward to to centre-back. Swap him over. Give him a go, yeah. Can't play Flint the centre-half. Um, and obviously, I think one of the other things is that we've seen is is the, the signing of people like Oliver Denham. It's the the signing of um, was it Zimba as well who signed alongside him. A couple of players going into the youth team, and Harris has talked about that kind of um, pathway to the first team. Is is that important now? Obviously, we I think Ben I looked it up today. Our 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 team is the oldest in the league on average at twenty eight point six. That's old, apparently, guys. <laughs> Put me out to pasture. Um, do you think that, that that pathway to the youth the first team is important now with all the you know the, the talk of people like was it Dalmeida sang Bagan you know they're all they're all going to be key players in the future you would think right
0: yeah I think it's massive the club make a clear structure it's what's been lacking for years um has been a clear pathway between the 20 under- from the development squad right through to the first team and mm-hmm. um, the fact that the club are looking at this now and saying right we're really going to put focus on creating a clear pathway I think it's a massive positive I think the club are doing a really good thing with that. And if it's anything like so if Sang continues to develop like he does, and the other players come through with as much promise as they said they are, then yeah, I think we're on for a winner. Um, they're looking to upgrade the academy. They can't do it this year now, but I think there was talk of them looking either be coming a, a category two or category one next year as well, which will really, really help things along. Um, Would also see us. Wouldn't it also see us end if we go category one? Enter in the um
1: that Trophy. Yeah, it would. Yeah, we could enter our under-23s under or under-21s. Yeah. And also, that, that would, Tom, that would give us a bit of a one-up over Swansea because, you know, as much as we we shouldn't always look down at what's going on down the road, they've lost some of their academy stages this year, haven't they? And I think, you know, when it comes to... A few years ago, they were signing people like, obviously, Ben Cabango, who's a Cardiff boy. They were able to attract him as a Premier League team. Now, if we've got that, that slightly better academy, you'd think we, we, we'd we get a, a, a better pick of the players. Yeah, you'd hope
2: so, wouldn't you? And, it, you know... We desperately need that because, you know, it's sick of seeing kind of just Swansea players coming through, making first team appearances, doing well, kind of moving on, getting international caps. And you can say, like, we've had Cardiff players, people who played at Cardiff still playing international now, but they're from a while ago. We're not getting many through. And the ones who are playing for Wales, who play for us, we've bought from elsewhere. There's not many who are kind of coming through. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be great to see us kind of like, pip our little cousins down the road really to some of this talent because yeah they're poaching it from under our nose and it's horrible to see like the likes of Cabango and stuff kind of go missing down down to Swansea so yeah it's desperately needed and Harris did that well at Millwall like when, when we appointed yeah. him I thought like you can kind of see I, I reckon the conversations would have been around like what can you do with like the youth and stuff because Tan's not going to be one to be throwing money at sign-ins now we, we need to see some people being brought through our academy and I think Harris is the right man to do that. And it, yeah, it's a promising sign see, seeing what's happening at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's it's the first time in a few years that we've had a, a kind of crop of players that we're talking about with genuine first team aspirations, isn't it? I think, you know, we always hark back, to, like you say, Tom, with the, the players who, who we've met. For, led into the Wales squad it's ramsey gunter they yeah. um, they're players from 10 years ago now who who came to our youth team then now we've got four or five players who are genuinely on the verge of becoming first team players or getting first team minutes at least this year and i think that's something that that we should be praising really with uh with old mark harrison is it steve morrison the former Wales striker as our head of the uh, the academy it is yeah well Talking about Danny Ward, I know he's he's left the club, um, Bon Voyage, back to Huddersfield. Um, I think it's one that a lot of fans were, were sad about. Um, he became known for his performances off the bench, but in another new feature, we, we're we trying to kind of demystify the stats. It's almost like myth-busting Cardiff City edition, um, and it's actually over to me for this one, because I talked about this in the group chat a little while ago, and I just had to find the messages. So I think, you know, last year there was some debate over who was our most effective striker. Um, I think they all had their, their moments, really. Obviously, Ward came into his own at the end of the season. Glatzel had his a run of games where he'd score and, and Patterson came up with. I think, he, I think Patterson, even though he had a bad season, still got seven or eight goals, which was quite a surprise to me. Um, and I kind of looked at the stats last season around who was our most effective starting striker and who was our most effective um, striker off the bench. And um, people would think, you know, who would you say is our most effective striker off the bench there, Ben?
0: Uh, for me, I always thought Danny Ward was.
1: Yeah. Just well, seen as a super sub. Well, Ben, you your you bloody roll. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that for, for free. Um, so I think um, if you if you look at the the stats, I took this off transfer market, so hopefully it's as, as uh, accurate as possible. Uh, Ward came off the bench 18 times last season and scored six. That's about a goal every three. Patterson came off the bench 18 times and scored once. That is a whopping one goal in 18, boys. Big it up for Cameron Patterson. Uh, and Glatzel came off the bench six times and scored three. And that's a goal about every every two substitute appearances. So people would say that Danny Ward is our best striker off the bench, but Glatzel there, you know, in less games has shown that he's he's more effective. than Tom, this one's for you. Who do you think was our most effective starting striker? Oh. Glatzel? Well, you. Would, I mean, he seemed to start more of the games, right? Yeah, I, he, I
2: panicked a bit then and just went,
1: ah, name a striker. He started 21 and scored four goals from the start. So that was about a goal every 5.25 games. Uh, Ward started seven, scored one. That's, you know, a goal in every seven games. But it was actually uh, Callum Patson. Started 17, scored four. It's about a goal every 4.25 games. So our most effective starting striker last year was Callum Patson, even though he had a bad season. And our most effective striker off the bench was Glatzel, even though he probably had a bad season as well by by his own reckoning. So there we go. Myth busting over for the week. I don't even know if that feature will stay. But it was quite, quite a bit of fun, wasn't it? Do you guys enjoy that? Do you learn something?
2: I enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it was fascinating, Ben.
1: <laughs> ben, do you agree?
2: Yeah, it's all right, wasn't it? I think we can, you know... I
1: wrote, these, I wrote these notes in my bloody workbook when I was on a conference call.
2: <laughs> you know, you can see now, we have got a clear path. You know, you start... was it? You start with Patterson because he gets more
1: goals and you bring on and Glatzel. You bring on Glatzel and then Kiefer yeah, Moore we, just doesn't play. We don't need to play. We didn't need to sign him.
2: Yeah, it's actually a waste of money. I, I take back yeah. everything I said earlier on.
1: Right, looking ahead, then new season preview. Kiefer Moore, how many goals is he going to score? Tom, twenty. Ben, fifteen. I'll go seventeen in the middle. Right, new season preview done. No, <laughs> let's have a. a... <laughs> I mean, it seems bizarre that after you know, when was the last game? Was it the start of August when we played Fulham in the in the playoff? End of July. Less yep. than six weeks ago, and now we're already talking about the new season. Like I said, we've already had the international break. We've already had the Carabao Cup. It's weird, isn't it, Ben?
0: It's really strange. Sort of, we should be feeling like we're like sort of getting into the flow of the new season. When we're just kicking it off,
1: um, and I've
0: hardly recovered from the last season as well. It just feels like there's been no break. And sort of, don't get me wrong. I've really missed the football. Anyway, so it's sort of been nice this week, this weekend, to sort of watch a lot of football. Not but, the card um, of game. Not. <laughs> Oh yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> Wales was good. That was yeah, fun. The they were good fun. They weren't entertaining, but they were fun. And soccer aids on kicking off soon, so I might go and watch that as well. It's already an hour in, I believe. I think it kicked off oh, at six
1: thirty. Um, I don't know what the score is. I've not been paying attention. There's no Welsh players involved this year. So not. Well, the only, um, Let's face
0: it. The people who are really going to score were the people that Yaya Toure was bringing over <laughs> before, he <got> <laughs> off, before he got kicked off.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, Jeremy Swaz Lynch is in there, and he was the best player at Arsenal for a while. So um, uh, he'll probably get a few goals. Um, he's got a Lambo, do you know. He's got a Lambo. Yeah. A I Lambo. mean, that's, unless you're paying attention to anything in the world of YouTube, that will mean absolutely nothing to <laughs> anyone. So like, that, see, Tom,
2: nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I should have contemplated him. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking around the league, it just—it doesn't feel like a new season starting, does it? It, it just feels like everyone's sleepwalking into the first couple of games i mean if you if you look around yesterday i think birmingham lost in the cup i think derby drew with barrow um there's a lot of players missing it just so, i mean what what do you think this is going to make for the first round of games tom do you think there's going to be some shocks some surprises or is it just going to be turgid boring football as players kind of wake up
2: yeah i think it's going to be boring turgid football like you can see that from some of the international games as well like there's a lot of leggy players out there i think yeah you could easily find yourself like adrift after five games without really realising the season's kinda of got going. Like that's the, that's why that Northampton game had such a pre season feel about it. Yeah. It's like how the hell is that a competitive game? I mean, we've just finished the last one. And I think you haven't got that build up, you haven't got that excitement for a new season as you normally no. do. And yeah, you could I don't know I don't I think it's gonna be a boring first few weeks a few weird results out there before it kind of like levels out then towards kind of December time where the table might start to look at how it should.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I must admit, I'm struggling to get excited for it really. I think, I think it's, it's, there's a hangover, you know, we always talk about the the, the pre-season hangover, the hangover from the previous season, but, it's going to be even more magnified when we're only six weeks away from the previous season. Usually, you have a couple of months separation. Now we've got six weeks. The players will have come back from an international break. If players were leggy before, they're already going to be leggy from the extra travel and going to the international break. So, it's it's just going to be a weird first couple of games. And I think Ben, does that does that factor into your expectations for the season, or are you looking around the league and going, actually, there's nothing to be fearful of here?
0: I think the league in general. Um... Isn't as strong as last year. There's no there's no real team that I look at that I think is really going to walk it. Mm-hmm. And teams coming down and be suffering from even bigger hangovers than what we've sort of gone what any other team's gone through. Um, and yeah, I think it could be quite exciting. I think realistically, the teams that sort of I'm a bit more concerned about from the start are going to be the teams that are coming up from League One, mm-hmm. uh, a long break, really refreshed. Um, I think they're going to be the teams that start better. And sort of fade away towards the end, they're more of a threat than teams coming down or sort of played the playoffs.
1: Well, I mean, did Wickham hold Brentford today one all in the um, in the, yeah. in the caravan? Took it to penalties. I think, yeah, I, I see a point there. I think have they, had, have they had, yeah, they've obviously had a slightly longer break, they're a bit more relaxed. Um, they've got no, they've got even less to lose in a season which is affected by coronavirus, right? And I think that's the that's, that's something to consider. Um Tom, do, you, you, know, do you, you look at teams like Bournemouth, Norwich, they're shedding their better players. I think Wilson's going to um, Newcastle Bay, 20 million. Norwich are selling their best, I think, one of their fullbacks for about 15 million. Do you think those teams will, will, will struggle in the Championship this year?
2: Yeah, possibly. The thing I'm a bit worried about is just the teams that have struggled the last couple of years, That I'm, I'm just, I've just got a feeling they're going to click. Like the likes of Stoke. You know? And mm. I, think, I think Forest, they did decent last year. I think they'll be up there again. But then Watford, I can not see I can see them being up towards the top. And I am just, I went into it thinking, oh, yeah, you know, it's not quite as strong a stronger league. But there's a lot of teams who are quite close to each other this year. And I think we could easily end up finishing somewhere like 11th or 12th without even realising we're doing it.
1: Like, I just, I'm I see, just scared I of what, teams clicking. Yeah, like, it feels like we could finish 11th or 12th, but only two points off the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. just going to be exactly. such a tight league with, you know, I, I, I'm looking at transfers. There's not that, you know, I think... There's, there's a few players flying around, but there's not much major movement in, in this division. Obviously, Brentford has still got money. They signed Ivan Tomey, but the rest of the teams don't really seem to be making big splashes in the transfer window. I mean, it, it could it's going to be a really interesting kind of season. I think um, if, you, if you had to call it now, Ben, where, where would you think we're going to end up? You know, Tom says it's finishing around 11th. Do you think playoffs are nailed on or is it even harder to pick? I don't think any
0: team can say playoffs are nailed on. Uh, this year but I like to think with the quality we've got and the way we're sort of shaping up and sort of the work Harris has done we can improve. Forgetting yesterday?
1: Yeah <laughs> it doesn't count it's, no, it's non-canon. It's uh, non-canon <laughs> yesterday is non-canon this Saturday's canon yeah exactly so um
0: I think yeah I, I'd like to see us build on that and sort of top half like third fourth or even pushing for the autos would be nice so I think see- that's with they- it. I think that's where the club should genuinely not just be in sort of blind. like The building the work we've done over the last six months under Harris, that's where the club should be looking to finish.
1: Interesting. Tom, you, you look inquisitive.
2: Yeah, like Hart kind of says, yeah, there's no reason why we can't be around, like the, I think, like third or fourth. Something like that. Oh, pushing for autos. Like, but I just see us finishing like eighth. I, I don't know what it is. I just can't see us kind of challenging this year. I don't know why actually because i'm always this pessimistic that's why <laughs> yeah, but, um... yeah, no,
1: exactly. <laughs> sorry yeah i didn't i didn't I did, I did like to say anything but you're, you you <laughs> swing wildly during games let alone during season prediction
2: yeah that's true it, i'm not
1: swinging <laughs> oh, sorry 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 <laughs>
2: but no um i just yeah i give
1: Eighth. Eight? <laughs> that's my prediction Eighth. I'll go sixth. I'll go sixth. i will go 6th i will go 6th i can not remember what i predicted in the four four two. Uh, predictions just drop that in there because I did four for two predictions this year uh, I think I, pre- I think I'm predicting fourth or fifth um, so I'll go along with that again and I mean you know if if we look at our closest rivals Ben I think you know Swansea have signed a few players they've lost a few players There's rumours they're going to lose a few players more Bristol of today signed Chris Martin um, of Coldplay sorry um, Derby fame um, I mean, how do you see I mean it's just it's uh, how do you see us comparing com- to them you know we were all in the same sort of positions going into the lockdown games last year all around the playoffs do you see us pulling away from them do you see us being in, this, in the mix with them again uh,
0: i think swansea while they've made some very good signs in midfield uh, i think the loss of their goals with bruce stern who looks like he's off and selena's mm-hmm. going as well um i think um yeah i think they're gonna really struggle unless they find someone magically in their academy to replace that because they've not signed anyone to fill those positions um, more worryingly, they've not given Declan John a squad number. so oh God. Maybe. Away. Actually, he's the
1: team player who could come back. Get him in a. He could play right or left back. Yeah, let's not. Nah, Shite at right. both. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think. I think Swan's oh, your. You think Swansea your struggle, um, Bristol? Your, your, your Bristol. old mates? Yeah,
0: no, they got rid of that fucking slug. <laughs> 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 um. No, they've made some decent signings. to be fair. They sort of... I don't know if they've got strong because they've lost a few players and the fans don't seem happy about it. Like Corey Smith going to Swansea, they're really pissed off about. So they're going to be a hard one to predict and sort of their manager, how it's all about the start for him, I guess, will determine what sort of season they have. But they'll fucking Tom, fall away at the end anyway.
1: Yeah, they will. They will. Tom, what do you think? You know, down West Wales, you're probably awash with jack bastards.
2: Yeah, not not... quite a few around here. Um... <laughs> Yeah, with my kind of like espionage work in and amongst them, seeing what's going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't see them challenging. To be honest, I think they'll finish around kind of sixteen, seventeenth. I don't, I don't think. Part of me a couple of weeks ago was thinking, yeah, they're going to drop, but I don't think they'd be that bad. But um, yeah, Bristol, they'll be there or thereabouts. I think you know the fresh manager in. I think there's still a kind of. They're always the nearly men, but it's still like a relatively good feeling around there that they think they can challenge up there. I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I don't think we're that much better than them that we're going to pull away from them. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of teams, like we said, earlier, around that level. Like there's people like Blackburn and Millwall and stuff who were there or thereabouts. And they're gelling. They've like decent managers as well. And this is why I think that we could end up in like eighth because you could easily have Blackburn, Millwall, Forest. Norwich, Watford, Stoke, Stoke. All those teams could finish above you, and you wouldn't Borough. go. Oh, that's a shock! Do you know what I mean? Got middle, just, Middlesbrough and the Warnock. Yeah, exactly. They, and you wouldn't go. Oh, bloody hell! That's a turn up for the books if they finished above you. So I'm hoping yeah. a couple of them just don't hit a bit of form. But that's that's why I'm thinking, yeah, seventh or eighth, and
1: I wouldn't be shocked. Sure. Interesting, interesting. Right, first game, obviously, is Saturday. Home against Sheffield Wednesday. We've talked about the changes we make from Northampton. Obviously, we hope that Kiefer Moore is back. We hope that Southampton's nowhere near the team. Um, I've had a little look at the, the the kind of business that Sheffield Wednesday have done. I mean, they're what, they're 12 to start the season, so yeah. it'll be quite nice if we can already deal them a little bit of a, a dab hand on, on Saturday. They've signed with Kachunga, Che Dunkley, uh, Josh Windass, who's perennially linked with Cardiff. You know, what do you what do you see from Saturday's game, Ben? Do you, do you see a kind of a kick up the arse from the game against Northampton? Or, you know, what do you see? What do you see in your crystal ball?
0: We we well, we have to see a better reaction. We have to see a reaction from the players. So, to be fair, when we've lost and sort of had these sort of defeats under Harris, we have responded very well the next game. And we have to see the same again this this week. Because Wednesday are going to be there with a sort of... They've got the adding incentive. They're on minus 12 to start with. So, their backs mm. are right up against the wall.
1: They have to start well.
0: Yeah, they've got to start well, otherwise they're in a relegation battle. When they want to be sort of with the squad they've got, realistically, I know they've lost quite a fit. They've like lost a fair few players, but even still, they can be wanted for mid-table pushing for the playoffs. Sorry, um, didn't realise
1: they signed Izzy Brown as well from Chelsea, who did quite well at Luton last year.
0: So it's be tough. tough one. Tough one I, from Ben.
1: What do you think, think,
2: Tom? I think it screams nil nil. Like. <laughs> Um, I think like, what you find like beginning of the season teams struggle especially during pre-season and we haven't really had one is to kind of get the attacking options to click so mm-hmm. I could just see two relatively solid defences kind of working hard and seeing out rusty attacks do you know what I mean I think I think it just screams 0-0 um, and to be honest it was not a bad result if you get 0-0 the first game of the season it doesn't set the world alight but yeah I just, I just can't see past It's boring drab 0-0
1: and I suppose when we, when we look at these games now, I think we've talked about trying to bring in a, a bit of an element of looking at opposition players. And obviously there's a, a, an air of familiarity around Sheffield Wednesday with Kadeem Harris on the wings. Ben, what do you make of Kadeem Harris? Obviously he, he got games during the Premier League season, perhaps surprisingly, considering he hadn't really been involved in the, the, the season before. I think he went to Sheffield Wednesday and three goals, four assists. Not exactly setting the world on fire, but he was a decent winger, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he's an option. I mean, he was always an option for us that never really got a decent run. When he got a run, he actually did all right. It was just, whether it was outside influences or injuries, sort of got the better of him. And it was just the right time for him to go. Um, he started amazingly, I remember, last season for Wednesday, and they thought they'd signed the next incumbent at Messi. Um, again, I see sort of the issues with him is the consistency sort of faded away and he sort of became very average for them for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. But he's not a bad player, and, it was just the right time, like we said at the time, it was the right time for him to go. And I wish him well. But I hope he has a fucking shocker on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Tom, you're nodding.
0: Yeah, well,
2: obviously, I went into a shocker on Saturday. I'm, <laughs> going to, I'm going to agree with that, aren't I? No, but I, I hate seeing our former players play against each other, uh, play against us again. Like, I'd rather them do it with Healy and move to a league, like, to, like go to two leagues, never it. it. Well, they can't <laughs> get anywhere near us. But yeah, no, he's a decent player and, like, kind of showed, like, snippets of brilliance and then just kind of mediocrity kind of took over again you always thought there was something in and never really got going but yeah I hope it just doesn't get going on the weekend as well
1: it's like it's like the Cardiff city delusion isn't it we want to believe in the players who who aren't playing for us are, are better than the players who are playing for us if that makes the Danny sense. Ward syndrome the, the Danny Ward syndrome uh the Danny yeah. Ward syndrome he's better than what we've got because what we've got is shite but <laughs> it is what it is um now that the serious stuff is done and we can look forward to the proper start of the new season, we just wanted to let you know that we are running the View from the Indian Fantasy Football once again this year. Uh, we've had to change the league this year because the person who has the login um, hasn't given us the login. So we've had very to set up a new, set up. very <laughs> professional setup. Very professional setup here. So we've set up a new league. Um, ben, do you have the, the code to hand or, have you, or should I read it out? Uh, if you you have it to hand, to send it because I just lost it. <laughs>
0: Once again, like I said, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Sorry, my WhatsApp crashed. It was there and then it just crashed. Go on then, Ben. So uh, for the Fantasy Premier League, using the official Premier League app, the code is F-E-T-Y-L-M. That's F-E-T-Y-L-M.
1: So yeah, if you can use the app or head over over to fantasy.premierleague.com and you'll be able to find our league through there. And you never know, at the end of the year, we might have a Cardiff City prize for you. And if we ask Gennaro Gattuso, what kind of prize could it be? And sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. To, to round off today's first podcast of the new season, today's first podcast of the new season, to round off the first podcast of the new 2020-2021 season, we're going to introduce something altogether new, which is the v- View from the Ninian Hall of Fame. Each week, the three of us will put forward something related to Cardiff City for the View from the Ninian Hall of Fame. It could be a kit, a player, a moment, a manager, a seat, even someone you sat next to at the game. All three nominations will then be put into a poll on Twitter for you, the listeners, to vote on. By the end of the season, we might even do like the View from the Indian Hall of Fame World Cup, where we come up with that one defining moment in Cardiff City history that you guys on Twitter seem to like. So, it's the first round of nominations this week, and um, as it was Ben Price's idea, you can go first. Um, so you can you got about a minute to pitch us what you want to put into the View from the Indian Hall of Fame. Sounds good, right? As we
0: all know, this last week or so kits have launched i love a good kit this year meh so i'm nominating the joma kit from the last year at ninian park this argument saying it's not quite the right blue it's sort of like a faded blue but for me that is my all-time favorite Carter city kit and there's my nomination i just think it's a fucking fantastic kit from
1: a very disappointing end of a season probably got about 40 seconds there mate if you want to say anything else um lee johnson's a slug <laughs> that'll
0: help your cause
2: let it go man <laughs> yeah he's, he's, got, he's,
1: he's out of a job you killed him already um right so yeah so the the first nomination then the blue joe kit from the 2008-2009 season i'll go with my nomination next and then tom you can round us off so my nomination is gary o'neill's loan spell in the 2004-2005 season um obviously these things are not you know it, like we said it could be anything related to carter city and in a really drab season where black friday where graham Kavanaugh was whisked off in a helicopter to to go and i don't know sign for Wigan or whatever it was we had this kind of bright period of nine games where gary o'neill england's under 21 captain wearing white socks before players wore white socks over their football socks came in and just showed us how good a footballer could be. I just remember that during that period that he was just, he signed from Portsmouth, you know, he was a bit of an unknown quantity, but knowing that he was the England under-21 captain, he was just quality. In a season where we had players like Richard Langley toiling away for 90 minutes on the right wing, even though he wasn't a right winger, Kerry O'Neill just oozed class and oozed quality, and I think he made a difference in 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 a period of the season where things were really, really bleak, really bleak. We were staring relegation in the face, and Gary O'Neill came in and, and, and helped us turn that around. So my nomination is Gary O'Neill's loan Spell in 2004, 2005. Nice.
2: That was longer than a minute, by the way. Was it? I think I don't know. It just felt like it was. Should well, take the, a... <laughs> he had taken the
1: time I had to go in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> yielded his time and I took it. And now over to you, Tom, to write us off for the first You from Million Hall of Fame nominations.
2: So I've gone for Michael Chopra's too hot to handle boot. You know, like, it just kind of typified that period, you know, 2009 10, when Cardiff City strikers scored goals. And, you know, seeing Chopper bag a brace against Bristol City and running off to the corner, dropping the boot in that celebration on the floor as if he was on fire. And it just, you know, made me fall in love with watching Cardiff City. You know, It just, we're just crying out for a striker now to do that. And we just haven't had it in the last, like, 10 years. And, you know, I think, like I said, it just typified Cardiff in that period. So for me, yeah, it's got to be Michael Chopper's too hot to handle boot.
1: Got into FIFA as well that year, didn't it? It got it was one of the FIFA celebrations. It did. See? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good moment. Right, so listeners out there in podcast land, we will be putting this on as a Twitter poll at some point this week. Um, let's say Wednesday. And it will give you 24 hours to vote on what you want to see as the first entrance into the View from the Minion Hall of Fame. We'll keep doing this on a weekly basis until we run out of esoteric things to talk about um i was really kind of trying to think about what i could put into this and i didn't want to you know blow my load too early with i don't know like my favorite <laughs> kit or something like that so hopefully Ben, you've, shat, you know, you've absolutely shat the bed on this one
0: i've got to make the joyous thing about cardiff city is i can use this kit this week because we're going to come up with some utter nonsense one week that's going to just absolutely <laughs> yeah show. yeah
1: and and it, it will,
0: will be The poll, so i'm not worried <laughs>
1: No, that's good. I'm glad you're not worried. And I suppose that's probably the, the the best place to leave this podcast. I think maybe now we round off the podcast with a let's say we're looking ahead to Saturday's game. Ben, what's your prediction for Saturday's game? Score line, scorers.
0: Uh, I'll go one all, and a Leo Bacuna
1: goal. Tom, nil nil, no scorers. I'm gonna go <laughs> one nil, Kiefer Moore, because you know why not? It's narrative, isn't it? He's got of <laughs> him winning the Ballon d'Or. It is the start of him winning the Ballon d'Or. And this is the start of our campaign, Kiefer Moore for the Ballon d'Or. Ben, thanks for joining us again. See you next week. Bye. Tom, have a good one. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next week with the next pod.